0: Here's some mo,jo.
1: Well, I just kind of did my thing and I just stayed to being myself. I don't think nothing really changed in the in the leadership aspect or just being myself because when we got here, we was already being ourselves. It just I was just being myself a whole lot more, you know, because you know, having Z and him, him being him, and just not having them around as much. they don't get to see our dynamic as much. but me and me and Z are still. That's like my brother, we're still cool to this day. We were just with each other a couple weeks ago at a charity softball game, um, and we were just talking, just laughing and about life and stuff. We weren't talking about no anything else. We were just talking no little trash talk, little friendly wages here and there. But um, I just feel like him not being here last year, just you know just people didn't get to see me and, his, him, him, me and his, him and our dynamic as they used to see with the Smith bros. But that's the only thing that was missing. Everything else just was the same.
0: Hey, Preston, you know, I have to see you signed a few contracts in your day now, but what, what did that mean to get the extension here? And just how excited are you about, you know, that next step in Green Bay?
1: Ah uh, man, um, you know, as a dream and as a kid, well, when you get drafted in the NFL is to be with a team long term and to know that that team feels the same way about you that you feel about them. And I love this organization and the love has been reciprocated to know that I'm going to be here for, you know, another four years, after, I mean, well, five more years. And I'm really excited and I'm really excited to be here to make Green Bay my home and to potentially finish my career off here. Don't be quiet on me now.
0: <laughs> with, uh, obviously, Rasul and Dre were entering free agency, so we didn't really know what was going to go on with them. With them back, what do you think this defense is capable of?
1: Man, it's just the more playmakers we can have on defense, the more successful, I mean, the more chance I feel like is going to increase for our success. Man, Dre obviously was all pro. Great talent, key asset to this team. Uh, we got him for cheap last year. We had to pay this year, you know. <laughs> but I'm happy to have Dre back. He's a big asset, and just having him on defense makes a lot of guys more comfortable, including the coaching staff and the organization, knowing that we got this guy in the middle who can make plays for us, get guys lined up, and he can play at a high level each each and every week. is is a big is a huge thing in Rasul. Of course, we saw this guy came off the street. Nobody really. Knew who he was, they probably didn't respect his game, but we know we saw him work hard since he got here. We saw him make key plays in big games for us. And he went on to be what, I think he was a Pro Bowl alternate. So to have that type of talent, to know we have a Pro Bowl, you know, still like a Pro Bowl guy. So you still have that Pro Bowl talent and know to have him, Eric Stokes, and his emergence as coming in his next year. Jair, you know, Savage, Amos. We have all these guys returning on his defense and signing Jay Reed, Jan Reed, and having Kenny Clark along with me back and Rashawn, I just feel like just saying those names just produce so much excitement knowing that we got all these players that can contribute at a high level and create so much success for this team and for this defense.
0: Preston Devondre was in here and he basically said, hey, look, we, we gave him six points in that playoff game as a, as a defense. Do you think that A, that you guys have, have done your part or did your part, and, and B, that that can be you know even Continuing and being more a part of this team, that this could be a defensive
1: type team. I mean, it's always it's always more you can do. We gave up six points. People love to hear that, and um, yeah, but it's always more you can do. Maybe if we would have only gave up three, we go in overtime and see what happened, what we could do in overtime. Maybe we give up none. Now it's seventeen. We win. We go to the playoffs against the Rams. We beat them before. We kind of have the up on them. So we probably have a better chance. And who knows? We go to the Super Bowl. It's always these what ifs and and all these, you know, hypotheticals. I just feel like there's a lot of big plays we, we might have missed in that game that we could have made to, to prevent us from being in certain situations. There's a lot of things we could have done better to, of course, cre- create more success for this defense, for this team. Um, you know, we just gotta move forward from it, put that in the past, learn from it, build off of it, and uh, make sure that we don't, you know, when we get the opportunities, we, we capitalize on them to make sure that we never put ourselves in that situation to leave on the whole field, you know, on our home field, leaving sad or leave sad period. We've seen the Mike linebacker position kind of devalued across the league over the last few years. Maybe he's making a comeback. What does it do for a defense to have a Mike, like like Padre in the middle of it? Uh, man, just to have an experienced guy like that with so much ability is is, is really, Vital to a defense because that's the guy that gets us lined up. That's the guy that gets to play into us. You Not know, like college, college football where everybody learn hand signals and stuff like that, you know, he just got – you know, you can, but he gets us lined up, gets to play to us. He makes sure everybody is in position. And he plays at a high level after doing a while after doing all of that. So I just think it's really vital to have a guy that can, you know, get everybody lined up and play at a high level still and make and contributing in a big way to the team realize that Devondre is going to be as big a part of, of this defense we as Well, I had got COVID last year, you know, and um, I, after they signed him, I wasn't here. I, had, I was out on my quarantine, and then I didn't see Devondre for the first time until camp. Like, I mean, of course I was in the meetings and I watched the film, but I mean, you kind of can't really tell from watching film and him in, in a jersey. So we got to, I mean, and I've seen him on film a lot before, like when you break down teams and you watch the film on other teams, I seen him when he played with the Rams and when he played with the Falcons. Of course, I'm mean not the Rams, when he played with the Cardinals and the Falcons, you see him on film doing a lot, of, a lot of plays. You see this guy with these long dreads flying around making plays. Like, man, who is this guy? I don't know him personally, but I'm like, he, he looks like he's always around the ball and he's always in position to make plays for the team. And I just felt like after we got to camp and we seen him, and I seen him play with my own eyes live, I was like, man, this guy's a big asset for us. And I Mm -hmm. felt like before the season he was going to have a big season. And also, I don't know who got it on paper, but I also called Rashawn Gary having a big season too before the season. So, I mean, I guess I got an eye for talent. Did you (laughs)
0: call your own big season or did did, did I miss that press conference? I don't know. I I might have missed that
1: one too. But, um, you know, I just – you know, but I called these other guys big season. So, you know, I, I guess I'm a good scout for talent, you know might be in my, in my best interest in, a, in a, you know when I retire to be a you know talented guy so, so you guys
0: thought so highly of Mike Smith what what are your impressions of Rebs you know early on here I uh, man um,
1: just my time being here with him and just being in these meetings and talking to him personally. I just felt like he's such a great guy he's getting the information to us and he's making sure the young guy's on on the right page and he's making sure everybody is is um knowledgeable of the new term the, of the terminologies and they knowledgeable of you know what they would see on the field and knowledgeable of the plays. Well, we haven't even talked about any plays yet, but you know, just he's just making sure guys are knowledgeable of what they need to know, and they know him as a person. Seems like a great guy. Seems like a great coach. A lot of energy. I like him so far, man. He's been great to me. He's been great on communication, talking to me and getting and making sure that we, you know, we all on the same page as like a as uh, a unit settling into the mic role really helped him take that big step last year. In this defense in general, how does settling into defined roles help guys really
0: streamline kind of their thoughts in the defense and, and kind of knowing their keys and knowing their assignments?
1: I guess it kind of it helps you play more confident. And you see, when, he, like you said, when he settled into the mic role, I don't know what his role was before he got here, but when he got here, he settled into the Mike role and he played at a very high level. So you can just see that when guys settle into a role and their role is more defined, they produce at a high level, or they produce at the way that they—they're known for producing, and they play at a, the level that's, you know, very helpful to the team.
0: So, who are you calling for good seasons, big seasons this
1: year? A little too early to call it, but um, give me a little time. Let me get my scouting report together, and I—and I and I'll get you—I get back to you on that, you know, in the upcoming future.
0: When you come back from being gone all this time, does Joe lay out? some of the things you might be doing differently this year, some things he's had to do. You know, he spent the whole off season looking at what you guys did defensively. Well, he inside
1: secrets, I can't get that. But now I'm, you just kind of pick up from where we left off and just make sure everybody is on the same page and that they know the basis. Because it's the little things that can hurt you and the little things that can help you. So I just think coming back and Joe just making sure that, you know, okay, this is what we've been doing. This may be some minor changes. This may be what we're going to look at differently. This may, it's just kind of like some small critiques he may have to make sure that we play at a higher level and that we fix what might have hurt us in the past. So we might we might critique things that were decent and to make them better and to make sure that we're, we answer everything around the board so there's no no gray areas when we're out there on the field and that guys can play at a high level. Because I guess Joe, Joe knows the talent he has on his defense and he knows when guys are playing fast, not thinking, and there's no gray areas. We can play at a high level. We can produce at a high level, and it can also be helpful to our offense. Just one question:
0: What do you expect uh, from Rashawn this year? You thought he'd have a good year last year. He really did. What do you expect from
1: him this year? I think somebody just asked that question, but I'm gonna answer it for you though. But I just think he's he's been he's been improving. Me and Rashawn worked together this off season, and um, just from year one to now, I just feel like his improvements have been really steady. They've been very fast and, and at a great pace, and I just feel like. You know, I just respect. He just he's 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 passing the bar that's been set for him each year. So, just respect him to pass the bar again.
0: Hey, Preston, I, I understand that statistics do not tell the entire story, and if you want to make a bold prediction for yourself, you can. But there is this weird thing about your stat lines.
1: The up and down, the up and even down.
0: years, not yeah, not the high years. The is that going to change this year? And do you have any explanation for
1: why that's happened? Uh, I do, but I'm not going to tell you. But <laughs> I just think this year, we're definitely going to break that We're going to break that curse. We're going to break that curse, and we're going to make sure that it, it, we don't go back down. We're going to make sure we keep going up.
0: Um, so you won't address it specifically, but do, are there a couple of factors that you can at least point us in the direction? There's a lot of factors.
1: And, um, I like how you beat around the bush, but I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> but you know, it's a lot of factors, but you know, I just feel like this year is the year that I break that curse and I don't have that that roller coaster statistics stats no more. Why do you feel that way? Uh I just feel good about myself, man. I believe in God. I prayed about it, and I just know like this is the year. You know, I got my guy Joe B back okay. for a consecutive year, and I just feel like this is the year that I break it. Somebody brought it. I think T.J. Slayton brought it to my attention uh, last year. I don't know where he's seen that. I told him, <laughs> you got to tell these kids, stop watching so much TV. But um, uh, so I just I just feel like this year is just going to be the year I, I break it. Man. I, I was aware of it. It was brought to my attention. This is the second time it was brought to my attention. And I just feel like this is the year. I'm just feeling real confident that, you know, that's all the talent scout I give y'all this year.
0: Um. Uh, can I bring one other thing to your attention? Um, you posted a photo after you signed your extension with your family, I, I asked Devondre this as well. Like, there's a bunch of us in here who are dads and we do all these things for our kids. But what does it mean to get, uh, you have other big contracts, I get it, but what did it mean to, to do that?
1: Uh, it means a lot like coming from where i'm coming from i'm not going to say like i just grew up in poverty and my mom was broke or nothing but that's not that'd be kind of you know making them. my mom did what she could to take care of us and um just to be able to put my family in position means a lot because growing up as a kid you don't you only know what you what they what people tell you so you don't know if you broke or you don't know if you just don't have like that if your parents can't make ends meet my mom wasn't telling us about her bill problems as a kid like, oh, I need this much money or this. She never told us about any struggles. So I didn't feel like we were struggling. But when you get older and you start to want more as a kid, you know, you might want what you're seeing. You might want more toys. You might want you might want a car or, you know, want whatever. And it's kind of like then you start to find out that you just don't have it like that or it's not like, you know, it's other important things that need to be taken care of. You know, you got to get your needs taken care of not your wants. And then you just want to, like, so you kind of set goals as a kid. Well, I set goals and I was like, man, when I get, Older, and I, and when I make it, this is what I want to do. When I just want to make sure I put my family in position, and I want to make sure that my kid, and my 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 daughter, and my my child that's on the way, that make sure that when they want something, they can get it. If I, as long as I got it, and I know I got it now, well over got it now, but I know I can give them whatever they need or whatever they want, and I give my mom whatever she wants to. As long as she don't see his interview, she don't need to want nothing else. <laughs>
0: do you usually um, watch the draft as it's happening, or are you off doing I the think draft? I watch
1: like the first round. I don't watch the draft. I just turn it on, to be honest with you, and I just kind of like might walk back to the TV. Like, oh, okay, that's who got drafted. That's who they drafted. And then like really after the team I'm on, which is the Packers, after we draft, and since we got two pictures, y'all watch and see what they do. And then, like right after the second, and the last pick, I just turn off the TV. I'm like, okay, that's what we got. So, if they draft, a,
0: you know, a defensive guy, do you try to find out anything about him, or you're just like, okay, I'll find out. I only know him. what
1: they whatever they show on TV, whatever highlights they show until I meet them in person. Uh, I only know like, oh, okay, well, kid looks pretty good. I mean, obviously they feel pretty, you know, good about drafting whoever. I mean, I just be like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll meet him when he get in the building. So, with you having this kind of scouting acumen, then how long would it take somebody being in the building for you to
0: kind of get a read on, okay, here's here's what this guy's going to be for our team? All
1: right, I mean, it's kind of like a phase, you know, like for rookies. First, they come in nervous because, you know, now it's like, okay, I'm on a new team in a new place. I got to get a feel for everybody. Everybody got to get a feel for me. They got to make sure they have the right impression. Then, like, that's like week one and a half. Then, week two, they nervous on the field. Because they trying to make sure they know the plays and that they don't piss off any older guys. So, you know, then that, then now they, after the older guys talk to them and calm them down, then they start to, start, you start to see what they like to do. And then, like when the rookies hang around each other, that's who they, that's who start off with their friends first, the rookies, because they're always together in all the meetings and the rookie, you know, staying late and all this. So they're always together. So you start to see how they interact with the other rookies and if they're goofy or they're quieter. If their jokes are corny or funny, you kind of find that out pretty, you know, it's like in the month process. I don't know if you did.
0: So, there you go. That is uh, uh, Preston Smith talking to the media and uh, kind of giving you a little bit of insight and thought as to what he's got going on. Some good stuff there. Stay tuned, we got a, a few more segments of the Bill Michael show. It's all coming up, coming up right after this. Stay tuned. Welcome back Bill Michael Show. We continue on, and we are glad you are with us. As always, hey, our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin reminding you that uh, you can buy windows, you throw in a patio door, you get money. It's not that's that simple. Three windows, you throw in a patio door, you save a little bit of cash. The more windows you buy, you throw in a patio door, the more you save. You start to do the math, you know? So you buy three windows. You save 500 bucks when you throw in a patio door. You buy six, you save 1000 bucks when you throw in a patio door. You buy a dozen Pella windows, you save $2,000 when you throw in a patio door. It's that simple. They have six full lines of windows, traditional to contemporary, everything in between. Pella of Wisconsin, they've got financing. They can fit most any budget, as a matter of fact. So uh, our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin uh, reminding you that all you got to do is throw in a patio door. You can make some uh, some nice cash savings right here, right now. And they'll come out. They'll custom cut, custom measure, all that kind of good stuff. Put them together. Install them. They can do it in as little as a day. And you can start being economical right here, right now. That's our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. And see for yourself everything that Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin has to offer. By all means, good people over there. Check out our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Uh, you got Bucks and Bulls coming up tonight, which is fantastic. Bucks uh, should walk away with a victory. I'm predicting 14 points or better. I think it's a blowout. I know it's a 10 point spread. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 14. I'm going to go 14. I know I'm probably a little off. But I'm going to go 14 points, 14 point spread tonight. That's what I'm going with. I think it's a 10 point spread legally, in the uh, in the world of bet online. But, um, but I'm going 14 tonight. I think, I think the Bucks bounce back. I think you get Chris Middleton and um, Drew Holiday. I think both of them begin to hit from the outside. I think they came off of that long rest, a little rusty, and did not shoot the ball real well. They played. They played hard. Brook Lopez was fantastic. He didn't have huge numbers. But he was he was extremely solid. Came up with big buckets when you needed it. Pounded down low. Did make others adjust their shot, defensively speaking. So, uh, but I think that Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton come back and they they bounce back offensively in a big way. So looking forward to that tonight. In the meantime, the Brewers top of the third right now. They are beating the Pittsburgh Pirates one to nothing. Woodruff on the hill and he's throwing gas. He's been looking good. We had him on yesterday. I can't say we gave him the mojo, though, because mojo would be if he was not pitching good and all of a sudden he lit it up after coming on the show. But he had a terrific outing, his last outing. So all we're doing is, in essence, riding riding the coattails of Brandon Woodruff. That's it. Nothing more. So I I, want to take credit, but we can't. In all honesty, we just can't. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. 1670 uh Mark says well, what do you think of Christian Watson the wide receiver out of North Dakota do you think he's going to come in and help the Green Bay Packers should they pick him Um he's got good speed he, he can he can run I mean if he gets the ball in space he's big time threat He's got a lot of the uh the the flash ability that I I I don't think it's fair I saw that I think it was the one of the uh, one of the Packers' sites um, said that he's comparable to Devontae. I think that's unfair. I, I really do. Um, I I still think the Packers are going to look for in the first two rounds of the draft. They're going to be looking for wide receivers. He doesn't have the 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 big school buzz, as they put it, but he's six four, runs a four three six. He. Has got all the amenities. And everybody thought at the beginning of the the draft that he was going to be maybe a, a day three prospect. And as they say, when he ran the four three, he rocketed up the big board. I'm not a big fan of that. Can can he be good? Sure. He can be good. No, no doubt about it. But I'm not. Um, I'm not putting all those eggs in that basket. I think for the Green Bay Packers to be better offensively, I my, me personally, I think the Packers have to be able to uh, to get numerous wideouts and hopefully one of them hits. I don't care that they haven't taken a a wide receiver, running back, and all that stuff since they took Javon Walker. It does, that doesn't matter to me. Sometimes it's need. Sometimes it's what's best on your board. I, I get it. But if you've got somebody, if Brian Gutekinds has got somebody he's really, truly got his eye on and he thinks he can jump up a couple spots to get him, get him. Don't don't risk it. Get him. If you're that, that confident in that guy, is he, worth that? is he worth a trade? Is he worth that spot? Is he worth your effort to go get? That's what you have to ask yourself. Um, but I, I think the Packers get a couple of them. Can this kid be good? I don't want to overpay to get him. I don't want to jump up to get him. I think Christian Watson can be good. I don't know how good. I'd be lying to you if I sat here and said, oh, yeah, North Dakota State, I, I'm watching this guy. I don't know. I don't know how good he can be. I hope if they pick him, he's really good. 877-867-1670. 877 877-867- 867 1670. Hit us up. Again, 877 1670 Uh, Sean says, uh, knowing that the 49ers are going to trade Debo to the Packers for Sammy Watkins, Jordan Love, and a cheese head. Not happening, Sean. <laughs> Sorry about your luck. Not happening. Um, This is from Mark. Mark says, uh, what do you think of Debo Samuel and the possibility of him coming in for a trade partner? No. I again, I look, here's here's, here's the thought. There's there's a couple of reasons the Packers probably I'm not going to say never. Okay. I, I remind you, I'm not saying never. What I'm saying is, is I don't think so. The Green Bay Packers, all right? The Green Bay Packers are not going to trade for Debo Samuel because, one, he wants a long-term deal, $20 million plus a year. I don't think they have that kind of money right now. Secondly, I can't imagine San Francisco trading him in conference to a competitor. Um, why would you do that? You're basically handing Green Bay the conference if they get a guy with Debo Samuel's quality. And thirdly, what's it going to cost you in draft picks? to get them. And I don't think the Packers want to do that because, you know, if it's true that they're going to go ahead and let this thing with Jair ride out, which I think is crazy. But after looking at some of the numbers being thrown around by some of the signings, like Ward, who just signed over in Cleveland for a ridiculous amount of money, 75 million plus. I don't think they're going to be able to afford Jair either, which means they're going to have to bolster their secondary as well. So, If you can't re-sign Jair, get that $13.2 million cap hit down, then uh, we'll say restructure um, Dean Lowry to be able to afford a guy like Debo Samuel. You're not getting him anyway. You're not going to get him anyway. So I think all of this speculation is, and again, I'm never saying never, but I think all of those are reasons why he's not going to end up in green and gold. Now the positive would be, yes, Matt LaFleur He's going to put him in the same system. But Debo Samuel, by the way, doesn't want to be this, this guy that's going to get beat up by running the football. You know. Now, then again, if you're a wide receiver and you're catching the ball 18 times a game, you're going to get hit just as much. Right? Maybe it's a different style of hit because you're not running head-on into somebody. You've got somebody trying to drag you down from behind. It's different. I get it. But if he's going to be the Swiss Army knife of the offense, he's going to want to be paid like it. And I don't think the Packers, again, can afford him. But would you put him in this offense? Yes. Would he give you an incredibly dynamic weapon? Yes. Coming into Matt LaFleur's system, which is very similar to the Shanahan system, can he get it? Yes. He's already ahead of the game, getting him him in, putting him with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers instead of Jimmy Garoppolo. Will he be better? Yes. All of those are the reasons that you can fantasize about it and say, if indeed they would get him, this would make the Green Bay Packers the team to beat in the NFC. Hands down. But I just don't think they're going to get him. Now, taking into consideration, you got one two-year window? Would you do it? Would you push all those chips to the middle of the table to say, look, we're going for the Super Bowl right here, right now. This is it. This is our last shot. We got two years. Here's a two-year window. This is all we got to do. Maybe you do that. Maybe you maybe you say to hell with everything else, to hell with 2025, 2026, 2027, whatever. And just go for it for the next two years. Maybe you do that. What's it worth? 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michael show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ah. Hey, if you're looking for a, a good place to go to eat in the Waukesha area, Bur- Brookfield area, check out our buddy uh, Joey Albanese. Albanese's Roadhouse right there on Blue Mountain Road next to Menards. And they are still looking for people to uh, join them uh, on, uh, the, for their bocce, bocce ball leagues. So whether it's just you, you're looking to go out and meet some people, which is always great, maybe some friends, you want to get your own team together, they're looking for people to join the leagues. Bocce ball. Love playing some bocce ball. That's easy. Easier than, say, a golf league. <laughs> Get out and enjoy yourself, male or female, doesn't matter. Get out to, to Albanese's Roadhouse and enjoy some bocce But Also, hey, if you're going to be taking the shuttle, whether it's tonight, uh, out to see the uh, Milwaukee Bucks down to the Fiserv Forum, maybe you're uh, heading down to the Brewers game at some point coming up, check out our friends at Jenny Second to National Walkers Point. They run shuttles to all the games. As they say, you should be here. Speaking of the Brewers, speaking of the Brewers, in the offseason one of the things that we talked about uh, with as far as this team goes um we thought well the uh the first base position is a position that needed to be fulfilled right cuz you thought okay your outfield is deep you know you you've you've got Kane you got Renfro you got uh, McCutcheon, you've got uh Christian Yelich you know, Tyrone Taylor, you got those guys. They're, they're out there. You've got it fortified. Your infield's pretty much fortified. But the ones, the one area, even with Urias being down, still the one area has been first base. It's been first base. And we thought, well, you know, Freddie Freeman's got to be the guy. Nah, he's probably going to be too expensive. Kyle Schwarber, and nah. Anthony Rizzo, how about that? Ah, he's probably going to be too expensive. So they kept Rowdy Tellez. Rowdy Tellez today... Yet again, take a listen. To the last pitch of the game, every pitch of the outing, that ball's gone. Let's see if he called it. Corbin Burns, good for another jet from Rowdy Collette's start of the year. Nice to see the big fellow starting to put it together, huh, Corbin? Absolutely. When that guy touches a baseball, it's uh, it's going to go a long way. Corbin Burns being interviewed during the game today calling the shot. The minute it was hit, you could hear it. The minute it was hit, Corbin Burns saying, that was gone. That was gone. That was gone. Corbin Burns calling the shot. Listen to this again. Corbin Burns, he's hes hes doing the interview, like in, in the inning, and Rowdy toles at the plate, and uh, the minute the bat cracks, Corbin Burns, from being a guy that stood on that mound and watched more than a few baseballs leave American Family Field, he calls the shot. Here it is.
1: To the last pitch of the game, every pitch of the outing, that ball's gone.
0: That ball's gone. He- that, ball's gone. that ball's gone. That ball's gone. Simple. That ball's gone. Rowdy Telez. he's one for one, has a home run. So you start to look at the numbers, and you think Anthony Rizzo would look good in a Brewers uniform, right? Hitting 200. Three home runs, eight RBIs. Hitting 200, though. 404 slugging, or on-base percentage, 486 slugging percentage. Freddie Freeman hitting 295, 373 on-base percentage, 432 slugging percentage. One home run, five RBI. He's the best of the bunch. Kyle Schwarber hitting 159, 229 on-base, 386 slugging, three home runs, seven RBIs. Nick Castellanos, 267. He's the second best of the bunch, hitting 340, 489, two home runs, six RBIs. So, Freddie Freeman, 295. 295 with a home run and five RBIs. Rowdy Telez, 294. A 998 OPS, three home runs, eight RBIs. The first base position, the first base position is not an issue. Is not an issue. He's almost 200 points OPS wise better than everybody else at first base. Rowdy Telez. So look, proving me wrong. And Rowdy Telez, for all the money that's being spent on Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, uh, Freddie Freeman, and Anthony Rizzo, $373 million worth of talent right there. Rowdy Telez, $1.94 million. Now, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But maybe, just maybe, David Stearns is pretty good at this general manager thing. Just maybe. Throwing it out there. Just maybe. Hey, by the way, uh, for you NBA fanatics, uh, Devin Booker kind of figure this. Out the rest of the series. For the Phoenix Suns, that's a big blow. He's, for as much as you want to say about Chris Paul, Devin Booker is the kind of the heart and soul of that team. And that's a big blow. Big blow. Devin Booker not going to be available the rest of the series for this game, uh, for the series against the Pelicans. Pelicans getting a win last night too, by the way. Um, Just an update also, just an FYI, Right now, Brandon Woodruff, four innings, no hits, one walk, six strikeouts. Brandon Woodruff threw four innings, no hits, no runs, one walk, six strikeouts. So, Bill, how early is too early to complain about Council pulling him after six? Um, Depends on what he's got going on your third game into the season if um you know if he's on a 95 pitch pitch count or 100 pitch pitch count where are you you know are you in the ninth inning because he's mowing people down or are you in the sixth inning because he's striking a lot out you know what I mean so uh if he goes to the eighth inning and he's sitting at 87 pitches you got to let him go you got to let him go. I think about 110 is probably going to be the max. Um, but if he's say sitting at 85 pitches and he's in the in the sixth inning, you let him go another one. If he gets through it efficiently, you let him go another one. But right now he's sitting after four innings, 63 pitches. So you would figure, let's say he gets through the fifth inning and he's sitting at 80. Fifteen pitches, seventeen pitch inning. You know, uh, you got five more innings to go to get through with a no-no. I don't think I'm I'm going to let him go past the seventh inning. Is that wrong? I agree with you completely. I would even I assume it's going to be after six, depending on the pitch count. I just I say that jokingly after last year the Burns debacle and then the Kershaw one last week. I I don't know. I'm probably going to guess if if he still is throwing a no-no, they probably let him go seven. But beyond that, sitting at 63 pitches right now, I I can't imagine it. The problem is, and it's a good problem, he's striking batters out. He's only got one walk, but he's striking guys out. The problem is strikes eat up pitches. If you could get a couple of batters out within three pitches – you know, you get one for a pop up, another one. You know, you throw a ball and then a ground ball. And suddenly, you got two outs and three pitches. That's one of those innings you're you're hoping for. But the fact that he's he's throwing so many swings and misses right now, um, I I don't know, man. This is Brandon Woodruff talking about it yesterday on the program. Stay, take a listen. Oh, uh, it takes a little bit. This this year has been well. The last few years have has been different as a whole, and, um, I, I mean, if you really look at it, um, you know, the the first couple outings of the season, um, are still technically supposed to be spring training outings, if you, if you account for a full spring training, so,
1: um, yeah, I mean, guys are, are still trying to get into a groove and, and get going, and it's
0: such a, such a long year, and,
1: uh, but yeah, I mean, it takes a little bit to, to get settled in, but, but once you do, it's, it's, um, everybody's good to go.
0: So there you go. Everybody's good to go. Good to go. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. I, I don't want to see them blow out his arm, but right now he's got a no-hitter through four innings. Did I just say that? Did I just jinx it? Yep. Is that what happened? Am I going to get blamed for this now? Well, you could spin it and say, because you jinxed it and it won't be a no-hitter, then his arm won't get blown out because you won't have right. to throw 130 pitches. I'm doing nothing but helping the Brewers. The Brewers saving grace. That's that's what it is. There you go. Speaking of saving grace, uh, check out our friends at the Water Doctors. The Water Doctors, h 2 the letter O com. I had a friend of mine call me yesterday. He said, Bill, what's that called? water softening system? He needs one for his condo. I said, it's the Connecticut system, hands down by far the best wanted to actually see how good it is, drove to my house, and I said, try the water. If you drink water, try the water out of the reverse osmosis. He's like, you don't taste anything. I said, exactly. It's nothing but refreshing and wet. That's all it's supposed to be. No taste, no plastic, no metal, no nothing. Here you go. He's like, okay, done deal. And he called uh, John Attlee over at the water doctors, said, give me one. How are we looking? There you go. It's that simple. The Water Doctors, H2, the letter O, doctors.com. That is H2, the letter O, doctors.com. Or call my buddy John, John Attlee, over at The Water Doctors, 262-549-7733. 262-549-7733. Again, 262-549-7733. Final segment of The Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wanna say hi to Mike listening to the show in his ear? Uh, he's listening to us on the app on uh, WOZN, the Wisconsin uh, Zone app, Madison's uh, app at the Zone out in Madison, uh, our fine affiliate, our flagship station. He's sitting at the bar at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill watching the Brewers. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, tell me about either the pig porker sandwich. They've got a really good buffalo chicken wrap there, uh, and they've got some good pizzas. But tell me about the pig porker sandwich if you get that. Let me know how good it is. Uh, he's listening to us in the ear over there at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill right on Pewaukee Lake. <laughs> so That's awesome. Awesome stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. So coming up tonight, some uh, some Facebook Live we'll probably do. Uh, maybe sitting down watching some of the Bucks game tonight. Uh, we'll also look at the over and under. I'm taking the, the Bucks by 14. I might fall a little short, but I'm optimistic because I believe they're going to win. But I'm taking the Bucks by 14 tonight. I think the Bulls shot their wide in Game One. That was the best they had, and uh, and that, that's all she wrote. They they don't have anything left in the tank. I think that's it. Devin Booker out for the remainder of the season series against the Pelicans. Whether or not he's able to come back with a hamstring injury from last night, we'll have to wait and see. If indeed they continue to advance. Uh, the Warriors are now the top team as far as betting lines go to win it all in the NBA Bucks coming in at third uh through five innings now by the way through five innings now Brandon Woodruff through five innings has a no-no going he has thrown 75 pitches Ben he had a really efficient fifth inning there Seventy five pitches, five innings in. Would you let him go another twenty five pitches? No. Would you end it after six? Yes. After the sixth inning. Complete one hundred. He's got eight eight strikeouts, five innings, only one walk. He's working on a no hitter. So It's it's almost like you wish that you'd get a base hit so you could go ahead and say, okay, a one hitter after six innings. Good stuff. We're going to yank you. Or I kind of hope it happens as you just explained so I can go on the morning show tomorrow and argue with them yet again why you should be cautious with pitchers in April. So here's the thing. the from From Brandon Woodruff himself, that you just heard before we went to break, Brandon Woodruff himself said, this is like another spring training start. Your first two or three starts of the season are like your last spring training starts. You're not coming out and throwing 110 pitches in your last start in spring training. He said that. That's not us. He said that. So let's just say, and and I just saw this, uh, Talking Baseball just tweeted it out, said we can't really talk about it, but you might want to pay attention to Brandon Woodruff right now. In other words, everybody is is now looking to see if he, you know, is going to continue the no-no. No No runs, no hits, no errors right now. Uh, The Pirates. And Brandon Woodruff has a no-no going through five innings. Still a long way to go, but how many pitches would you give him before you pull him? Considering, as you heard, Brandon Woodruff said, this is like our one of our last starts for the first two or three starts of the season. This is like our last starts at spring training. Would you blame Craig Council if he pulled him? I would not. I'd let him go eighty-five, maybe ninety. Eighty-five, maybe ninety. But that's it. He's not going to complete this game. But he's throwing he's throwing strikeouts right now. He's got uh, what eight of them, I think. 8 strikeouts. Woodruff putting up the numbers. 5 innings, no hits, no runs. 1 walk, 8 strikeouts, 75 pitches, 49 for strikes. A 4.61 ERA as it stands right now. It's going to go a lot lower after this one. We'll talk about this tomorrow. See what happens. Now, Now, now you know what I'm doing. I'm sitting back, relaxing and watching this contest. Watching the Bucks coming up tonight, even maybe even doing some Facebook live later on tonight. There you go. Good stuff. Time for us to go. Have a great rest of your evening. We'll talk again tomorrow, 20 hours away. Until then, have a good one. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.